Hi, everyone. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that your girl is on Patreon. What else is going on podcast, aka Wego, W-E-I-G-O, is on Patreon. So if you feel so inclined and want to support your girl that way, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Wego podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Wego podcast, W-E-I-G-O podcast. Now, if you don't want to be on a monthly recurring thing, I totally understand that. But if you want to support, you can head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash Wego, W-E-I-G-O. Again, buymeacoffee.com slash W-E-I-G-O. Because you know, a girl be trying to put in some work and a coffee could help me stay awake. So those are your two options. And if you don't want to do either of those things, if you could rate, review, and subscribe and share with your friends, I would love that. Now, on to the episode. The following podcast is a CJ Media Production. Welcome to the What Else is Going On podcast, the intersection where pop culture life and real life meet up. Get ready to deep dive into all things reality TV and the dichotomy of loving the game, but not necessarily the players when they start to reflect real-life issues like deep-seated discrimination and a world rooted in racism. Feeling conflicted because I love... Clip! 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 And I also have to chant, Black Lives Matter. Buckle your seatbelts and brace yourselves because my foot is off the brake and this intersection gets busy. So come along for the ride so we can see what else is going on. Hi guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. So today I have, clearly you can figure out one of my favorites back on the podcast. At this point, he's like a co-host pretty much. Uh, <laughs> and we are going, we're doing this special episode because it seems like people cannot put their pens slash uh, their fingers away from their keyboard slash everybody wants to write a letter to respond to someone when they have nothing to do with it. So we are going to get into Brian Moylan's vulture recap, Ebony's yes. well-deserved response to him and Ira's why are you doing this response to Ebony? And I have Les from the Reality Reading Rainbow podcast. Hi, Les. Hey, hey, again, I got a lot to say, a lot. Um, let me just preface this, though, by saying <laughs> this. Okay. Brian Moylan was a guest on my podcast. Yes, yes. He was very nice. Yes. I personally, between him and I, I had no problem with him. Mm-hmm. Very, very nice, uh, very open in the interview. Yes. Um, but... This, I, so I'm just saying that just mm-hmm. to know I don't have any beef with him. Right. Ex- except for this. Exactly. Because um, if people haven't checked it out, that episode was re- really good. And I liked the questions that you asked him. And oh, he was you. very open. Yeah, it was really good. Thank I you. listened to your podcast less. Okay. <laughs> I am a fan. So yes, that it was really good. And I'm with you. I don't. I don't know him personally, but you know how sometimes you could feel like you know somebody personally because they're right. all they're peripheral from you. That's what it felt like. And my issue also besides this 
recap and the almost careless way he used his words because he is a writer. So he knows that words have power and words hold meaning. So everything he wrote in that recap, I believe him to mean, right? He is a New York Times bestseller. So outside of him writing that letter, I find it ironic. And tell me if you've noticed that there are people that were silent, almost as if they didn't know what was happening. And then there were people that posted, there's nuance to it. No, right. there's no nuance. We saw what Fuck we saw. Nuance. Thank Fuck you. Nuance. Thank it, you. It, it, either, it either is or it is not. Or it is not. And I, so how did you, well, first, have you noticed that people were silent about yes. this? Okay. Yes. And right. it's like, it's like, you know, you have a big mouth all the other times, but it's awfully convenient that we're not hearing a peep from you, you know? And I have mm-hmm. issue with that anyway, because we've talked about this before. Yes. I'm sick of the, as I like to call it, the faux ally, you know? Yep. Yeah, we love Black people. You know, we want to get with movement, so we want you on our podcast, but we won't do yours. Yes, you know what? Yes. Fuck that. I'm, yes. I'm being a little potty mouth today. I'm sorry. No, I, I'm with you. I feel like you and I and, and a lot of black people that I, I talk to regularly don't go around just using racism, saying that somebody is racist. And but we know when there's undercurrents of things or we also know when someone wants to give us an opportunity because we're black to make them look better. They may not know. Right. We know, but we know. So. All of that going on and then seeing the words that Brian so carelessly threw out. So I was right. going to read the recap unless if you have it, you want to read it? No, go ahead. go ahead. Okay. So because what I did was I, I emailed myself, Iris, and uh, I was going to say Dennis. Oh, my God. Iris. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> Brian and Ira, and then I know we'll get Emonies in between. So okay. for those of you who may have been living under a rock, Brian Moylan does vulture recaps of the housewives. He wrote a housewives book. As Les mentioned, he was on his podcast. Very good podcast episode. And may I say something? Mm-hmm. So by the way, I didn't realize he's as polarizing as he is. Neither when did I. I mentioned when I mentioned on, um, different places to get questions uh, that I'm having him. People hate him. Hate yes, him. I did not. I hate did him. I tell you for years, it was probably like two or th- maybe three years ago, I was introduced to him before when he first mentioned even possibly starting writing this book. Right. And I assumed people liked him, right? Because I would listen to podcasts, but really wasn't in this community like I am now, right? right? And when I saw that, I was like, Oh my God, I'm seeing the comments like he's been like this for years. And I'm like, whoa, where was I? Right. Totally right. missed it. Right. And like I said, he was on my podcast. Mm-hmm. He was nice. He was yes. white. We had he was. great conversation. I can't, he treated me yes. well. So he did. I, I can't comment that way, but the other mm-hmm. way, let's get to it. Okay. <laughs> so this was the recap, guys. I also want to throw in after I read this recap and after you listen to the podcast, go and look up vulture.com slash Brian Moylan, R-H-O-N-Y, and see the difference in tone 
mm-hmm. of the, last week's recap. And it, so I'm going to go ahead and read this. <clears throat> Ebony brought all of the girls to Harlem and it is one of the most boring episodes of Real Housewives of New York City in modern memory. I mean, this thing was like watching Cindy Barshop on a powerful edible just lying on the couch snoring and not even giving us a flash of vajazzle to vajazzle things up. This is hard because what Ebony is doing is very important. As John Oliver said, I think she's doing a great job. And I think trying to teach those particular women about the black experience in America is a thankless task. He is absolutely correct, but Ebony needs to be a little bit more or at least go about it a little bit differently. I love that she gave the women candles from the Harlem Candle Company to match their personalities. As Ebony says, her love language is gifts and there is not a real housewife who will turn down a gift. This was a little meaningful thing that hopefully they could read about when they get home and educate themselves more about the neighborhood and the black excellence that it has always embodied. However, she lost me at telling each of the women who they were assigned at dinner. Each of them had a pamphlet sitting on their plates about a figure of the Harlem Renaissance, Zora Neale Hurston, W.E.B. Dubois, James Baldwin. But then in addition to that, she went around telling the women about each of these people and they all quickly lost focus and said they felt like they were in school. I think what Ebony's attempting here is great. She is definitely trying to broaden these women's horizons, but why not make it more into a game? She should know that these ladies love nothing more than talking about themselves. So why not have each of them act out the person on their plates? Which side note, how are they going to act out someone who they don't know about? Right. Exactly. Idiot. Idiot. Or maybe just say, I prepared a little pamphlet about each person. I hope you enjoy reading about them. And then they can either choose to attempt this homework assignment or feed it to Coco, the oldest living dog in New York. Even brand new friend of Brashawn Shaw isn't really having it. She is a new friend of Ramona's and she says they were introduced a few months ago by mutual friends. Do those mutual friends also happen to be producers on a certain reality television program? Because I have an idea that they didn't meet by happenstance in the Hamptons. I mean, we've seen Ramona's friends and they look like the models for the Madeline Albright brooch collection catalog. Brashawn says at dinner that she thinks that all people, white, black, Asian, et cetera, are all the same. Ebony is like, um, no, sis, we're not, and says that she feels like her message is being undermined a bit. I don't disagree with her. We learned from Crystal Kung Minkoff why saying I don't see color is outdated. And I think that point totally applies to what Brashawn has to say as well. The problem for Ebony is she can't seem to get out of her school mom role. The most interesting thing she says all episode is at her lunch with Leah, who's dressed like the bratty 90s teen that she will always be. She says that after the deaths of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, she didn't want to be the black teacher anymore. I took this to mean she almost dropped out of filming the show because she thought it would be too much work and she would receive too much backlash for trying to bring race onto a meringue confection of a show like Roni. Yeah, it may be a meringue dessert, but girl, she is an eaten mess. Sorry, that was an English people joke. Leah tells Ebony that she doesn't want her to feel like it's her job, but it is her job. That is what Bravo brought her on to do, which is to be a shield for her lily white cast. But we also want her to be a housewife. That doesn't mean fighting and drama and yelling, but it means opening up about her life. It's great that she can teach us about the black experience in America, but I also want her to teach us about her. When we care about her, we will care more about the offensive things that happen to her. Leah instructs Ebony to just chill a little bit more. But Ebony thinks, if not me, then who? Ebony, I love you. I think you're a great addition to the show. But if you think that you're going to change Ramona Singer, 
the Karen of Karens, then you're sadly mistaken. She has less chance than a credit only restaurant. And then he goes into this all comes to a head when Ebony goes over to Ramona's house a few days after the election, but before it was decided, she and Ramona are trying to go from castmates to friends. And while everything that Ebony says is true, I can also see Ramona's point. Oh, Catholic Jesus jugs, take me out behind a graze papaya and end it now because I'm defending Ramona Singer. Ebony brings up the election and Ramona says, I don't want to talk about politics. Ebony presses her and Ramona demures again. Ramona is not stupid. She knows this seems like a setup. And she also knows that she has the cast of Fox and Friends in her guest room waiting to jump out with balloons and scream surprise as the topic comes up. Still, Ebony pushes the topic and says that she's glad to see Kamala Harris as VP. She tells us in confessional she thought that as women, she and Ramona could find common ground over a woman advancing. I think Ebony is right. They don't need to agree on politics to be friends, but they do need to agree on values. So why not talk to Ramona about her faith or about her daughter or about her business? I'm sure that Ebony would have all sorts of ways to agree with her about these topics. And if any of those fail, she can also go to Ramona's standard fallback, which is hating on the countess. It's hard because Ebony makes a very valid point that is as applicable to Ramona as it is to all of us who think we may not want politics in our housewives. When Ramona says she doesn't want to talk politics and just wants to escape for 24 hours, Ebony says she can't. She's right. As a black woman in America, she can't just escape for even 24 minutes. She is always under attack, always under suspicion, always under oppression. She doesn't need to listen to Ramona badly explain microaggressions, but she is dutifully sitting there trying to not rock the boat too much so that she can have this platform to talk to all of us about race. We want to just have fun and have our show be about falling down drunk and watching Tinsley Mortimer cry in a circus outfit. Ebony can't do that because she feels like she can't let this opportunity go to waste. And she's doing a great job, but it's going to backfire if she can't draw the women in more closely. Even Sonia Tremont Morgan of the Upper East Side Candle Company Morgans, who apparently got her master's degree in racial studies while trapped at a spa during COVID, thinks that Ebony needs to chill out and talk about some other things. But maybe as white people, we're all wrong. Maybe she should stick to this topic. I don't know. Like Ebony said, I'm just trying to do to not do the wrong thing here. I'm trying to be supportive of her efforts, but I also know that if, like at the dinner, this show gets boring, her platform is going to evaporate faster than boob sweat in the freezer aisle. Then this is the last comment. However, Ebony does an amazing job turning the conversation around. She goes from Ramona throwing her out of her house, the second time this happened, to the only cast member of color all year, to castigating Ramona for not knowing the name of CJ Walker. She didn't castigate Ramona to then getting Ramona laughing and hugging her on the couch. Ebony just stayed calm, wouldn't let Ramona upset her and drew everyone in a little bit closer. Maybe she is the woman we need. Maybe she is the woman we need. Maybe a certain redhead sitting outside Ramona's apartment in a black suburban waiting to run over Ebony so she can take her place should just relax. Maybe Jill Zarin, like all of us, needs to give Ebony a little bit more time to work her magic. Maybe unlike Jill, Ebony's master plan will finally come together. And that's the, there's the and there's the reading of his word. <laughs> okay, ladies, gentlemen, and our non-binary friends, this piece of shit was a masterclass of microaggression. Yeah. A masterclass, yeah. and you talk about being a housewife as a full-time job. No, being a black person in America on and off camera is a full-time oh, job. Yeah. And you know what? I want to watch these shows and have fun too. I want to watch these yep. these shows and relax too. 
I want to watch, you know, Karen and Giselle fight about who sat in whose space at a birthday party or some wine throwing. But until (laughs) these fucking assholes on this channel stop acting like racist jackasses, we can't relax and have fun and watch this. And by the way, if you're sick of talking of us talking about race, remember, as they said on The Real World, they show what you give them. So these people mm. are giving them the racist behavior to show. Yes, 100%. I agree with everything you said. When you said this, this whole recap is a class and microaggressions, I remember thinking there were parts at first, this is how I first thought, there were parts of this season that I thought, well, maybe it could have came up this way, right? Or maybe it could have came up this way. And then I read Ebony's response to Brian, which we'll, which we'll read. And it opened my eyes even more. The nerve of anyone to tell Ebony, who is first Black and then a woman, right? right. Because people can't tell me they don't realize her skin first because that's what they led with when they announced her the first black housewife, not the first housewife that is black. There's a difference. So I I thought the dinner was the absolute right time for Ebony to do exactly what she was doing because it's Harlem, a night in Harlem with Ebony K Williams. What other time would she have? By the way, a night in Harlem who, Ramona, who lives on the Upper East Side? Yes, yes. Sorry, but I scared. Did you see it scared me? I was like, ah! (laughs) No, it's it's someone in the universe is agreeing with me. But anyway, (laughs) so Ramona, who lives on the Upper East Side, uh, who had never been to Harlem? Yes. um, I lived on the Upper East Side. Okay. I... I lived in New York for a while and I lived on the Upper East Side. So I know how close the Upper East Side is to Harlem. So there you go. Wow. Like not even someone said like a seven minute cab ride. If you took a cab. Wow. That's crazy. That is so good. Yeah. It's it's just like when I saw the effort she put into that dinner, when Brian said she could have made it a game. I love a girl's night. I'm not fond of games. I will if if one of my girlfriends has a game night, I will go. I will not complain. I will play them. But I don't like game nights. So why do we have to make black the black history that Ebony wants to talk about a game? It's a night in Harlem with Ebony and she was t- she wasn't talking about the slave trade. She was talking about Harlem right. Renaissance. Right. And and you know what? And this is one thing that I find in a lot of cis white gay men who feel that, oh, I can't be racist. It's mm. gay. I'm gay. Well, you know what? If if the tables were turned and we were talking about an LGBTQIA issue mm. and someone had the nerve to say, oh, well, let's just make being gay a game. He would be out of his face. He would, he would be, be out of his face. All of the accounts that are silent now would have been very vocal about that. Right. And And listen, dude, Remember, at the end of the day, yeah, you're gay, but you are white. Yes, yes. My old church, uh, my pastor was talking about all of that. And he said, because there was a black homosexual man there. And he said, his words were, his queer struggle 
equates to the civil rights struggle. And my pastor said, as a black man, you're saying that your struggle in the LGBTQ world equates to the struggle that black people go through. And my pastor said, when, if you are in the LGBTQ space, you come out by sharing that, by saying it, right? When you are black, when you walk out of your home, you're out as black. And think of it this way. Okay, so if the KKK were to show up and I was in a room with Brian Moylan. Right. I, me being black and Brian Moylan being white, who would get their ass kicked? Me. Exactly. Because he's white. Exactly. And so it's like, first of all, like to compare the trauma, but just like you said, and I've said this before too, Les, if it was an, the first LGBTQ housewife and she talked about it because it was, it, it is a part of who she is. People wouldn't have as much of a problem with that as they do with Ebony centering her blackness. And when I read her response and she said, race has been center on Roni for 12 years. It's just been right. the white race. I was like, she's right. Oh, oh, oh. And then any listeners, if you, because I know someone's going to say I'm racist or some shit like that, oh. first of all. <laughs> First of all, uh, less.k1976 at gmail.com. Bring it. <laughs> and if you're watching this, this is a picture of my, before you call me racist, yes. this is a picture of my husband. Yes. His husband is a white gentleman, so he is not racist. And that's another thing. It's interesting how people are quick. When we talk about our experiences and what's actually going on in the world, we're not speculating People want to say, now you're being racist. That's an issue. If if you can't hear us talk about what we've gone through. Right. Without feeling not uncomfortable because uncomfortable sometimes is the best place to be because it forces change. But if you are feeling offended for us talking about experiences that we've actually gone through, there's an issue there. You might want to look at yourself a little deeper. And, and people who say, why did, why does it have to be about race? Because you know what? If you're it not is. white, it is about race. Oh, oh, by the way, I, okay, so before I got on here, I was on Clubhouse. Okay. Do you know that there is unseen, because you know how they're trying to pit for Sean against yes. Ebony now, right? Yes. Do you know that there is unseen footage of Bershawn schooling the women? What? Mm-hmm. There is footage of Bershawn schooling the women about race. But yet they make it seem, and th and that's the problem when you bring one black house, two black, uh, one black housewife, two black housewives, but production is white. Right. To so people who make the decisions thing. of what to cut, they're white. They don't realize the harm that they could be doing. Because, and just, and, and to be fully transparent, I, when Bershawn came on with a different mm. opinion, yeah. I was actually, I didn't have a problem with that because black people are not a monolith. And yes. just because you're black doesn't mean that you're going to have the same opinion. Yes. So I did like them showing, I didn't, I didn't agree with Bershawn's opinion, Yes, but I liked 
that face showed that and that face showed that there can be two sides of coin and yes. black people can think differently but at least be honest about it at least yes. have, so basically you manufactured this right yes to manufacture an argument yeah that's different than having a, an opposing opinion and that's what i mean about authenticity it's like i want to see authenticity in arguments in their disagreements in their fun in their storylines and not only did they manufacture it but when you're talking about something as crucial as race, when you've made it a point to bring a black woman on your television screen, on your program, you can't mess around with editing and make it look a certain way because that can do more damage than good. Right. We see how Ramona. Apparently, because look, we're having reviews about, oh, well, what about Rashawn? You you know, she's fun. So there you go. It worked. Yes. Congratulations, editors. It worked. It worked. It, it, exactly. And what about how Ramona, when Ramona met with uh, Ed, uh, Bershon and asked her, what did you think about that dinner? I said, don't fall into it because I felt like she was getting ready to do a conservative, what conservatives do with Candace Owen. Right. See, oh, she that thinks that way. Shit. Yes. Oh, that one. Yeah. That one. It, it just, and I felt like that's what Ramona was almost trying yep. to do with Bershon. Yep. And she, oh. and so so one of the things that did impress me is I was so happy that Ebony clapped back. I was so happy she clapped back. Yeah, 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 yes, yes. And if you notice one thing about Ebony, she, when she claps back, she'll always make sure she gives like a, almost like what, what, what is it when they give like a positive and a negative? So she'll right. say, I re- she said, I receive what you're saying. She could have very well said, no, sis, that's not mm-hmm. how. She said, I receive what you're saying. And right. I like how she said, we both have the same goal. We're just going about it differently. Don't encroach on mine. Now, now I have a question. Did Brian Moylan respond to the clapback? Not yet. But someone that I spoke with, was I talking? I was talking to someone yesterday or the day before. I cannot even remember. And they said that Brian hadn't answered. And then he tweeted about something and someone came in his mentions like, Hey, what about the article? And he was like, he will be addressing that. It's been a week. You've now written another recap. And then Ira. So Ira clapped back against Ebony. Oh, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So let's read Ebony. And then let me read you Ira's. So, Oh, one, I will say Ebony's when I said that it lifted the veil, I thought about this less. So I'm a black woman, right? You know that you can see me. Uh-huh. And during the season, again, I transparent beat me being transparent. There were times when I was like, oh, well, maybe she could have done it this way, talking about blackness, or maybe she could have done it this way. But when it came to the dinner, I was all for it. I was like, that makes sense. Then when I read her article and she said, why, like, basically, why is it a problem that I centered my blackness? I thought about the audience, uh-huh. how the audience... During the times that I thought, oh, maybe Ebony could do it this way. The white audience was like, yes, get Ramona. Yes, get Ramona. The one time when she completely centered her blackness, no one else was added to that equation. Now, all of a sudden, it's too much for them. Right. And, and you know, that coded and, and, and I and I love the, the coded, the, the racism code of, 
Oh, she's condescending. Yes. Oh, she's like that. Sounds like what they say about Crystal. She's condescending. She's this. Right. Mm, That's funny. That is so good, Les. They they make them condescending. Yes. So I thought it was interesting. Tiffany Moon, remember? Yes. She thinks that she's better than she is. She's braggy. Yes. Stephanie showed us that goddamn pool in her living room. Oh, no, that's fine. But don't show your nice closet. Yes. Too braggy. And Stephanie, when she was pushed into that pool, talked about how expensive those boots were she had on. Right. But that's a, so let me, Deandra talks about money all the time, all right. the time. But that's too braggy if Tiffany does it. Wow. And it's, to me, it, it was, I've heard other, I've had discussions with other black people too about, oh, well, maybe we felt like Ebony should have done it this way, done it that way. When I read her response to Brian, I said, Never again will I suggest or think to a fellow black woman, like tell her when is the appropriate time to talk about who she is when we don't do that to these white women. Right. When, and then I went a step further and I, I talked about it with Raven from um, Bitches Better podcast. I grew up going to all white schools up until high school. So did, right? I. So did I. So did you. So right? did I. So I had to, I, I when I read Ebony's letter, I forced myself to Take a step back and say, does it kind of bother you because she is unabashedly black and proud? Like James Brown said, I'm black and I'm proud. And me to a degree couldn't be or wasn't necessarily allowed to be, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I I tell you, Taria, basically, my fucks walked out the door in the summer of 2020. Less, I'm with you. My mine grabbed your your hand, their hands, and they walked out together. And trust me, the, I was a different person before the summer of 2020. And I was the, the and I will admit this: I was the go along to get along. I was the hey, let's try I did to be the minority. Let's and and yep. I my eyes were open after my know. eyes were open. So and even though you, you know, knew. Deep down, we innately know, but I don't know. Were you taught that in your house to just kind of you don't fight those battles unless it was like like unless somebody called you like the N word. Right. You you really kind of let him go. Right. And like you punch him in the face. Exactly. And do whatever. And your parents would have your back when they had to go right. to the school. Right. So but outside of that, you didn't we we had to ignore it. The micro you just had to suck it up. You had to suck it up and keep yeah, going. And up. I know my mom would be, my mom would tell me, don't like, if I acted on it in a certain way, don't give, don't get like this one particular teacher, don't give her another reason. You know what right. I mean? Right. So it was when I saw what Ebony said, and then I sat with that and thought that is part of the reason why I was like, oh, you know, almost like, because what will they think, which is rooted in goes back to slavery days and goes back right. to, Black people having to be a certain way in society for white people to accept them. I said, all bets are off. I don't care if she walked out and got eggs in the morning while they were on vacation. And they said, good morning, Ramon. I mean, good morning, Ebony. How are you? And she said, good morning. It's a great day to be black. I don't care. Talk about it all day long because it's who she is. And it's not new to Ebony. I'm finding out that people that have followed her career for years, this is who she is. Right. And so she is showing us who she is. Yes. You and just we, don't, it's, 
It's just not acceptable to you. To but you. she's showing us who she, she is. is. You just don't like what she's shown, which yes. is different than her not showing us who she is. When Brian said, if we knew who you were, we'd care but, uh, she, more. But we, and, and okay, so, so basically you have got to know a person yeah. for them to talk about their pride in their race. Yeah. And if we didn't know, if we don't know you, then you don't have the right to talk about it. Right. Is or that what we're saying? The women that you're working with, this cast that you're with, if they offend you, we don't really care because we don't know you, which it's funny that he wrote that because we're seeing that again in Beverly Hills. No so, one cares about what what Sutton did that was so egregious in the beginning. Right. Because they feel like Crystal is one way. It's the same. Right. So so I'm black and you don't know me and someone can call me the N word. And since you don't know me, you don't care. You don't care. That's what that equates to that. I, 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 and I know it's yeah. extre it, extreme, but it's not because that's basically what he's saying. What he's saying. Breonna Taylor, saying? Ahmaud Aubrey. He, he doesn't know them. George How Floyd. Yes. George Floyd. So uh, yeah. the cops murdered him, but I don't know him. So I don't care. That's basically what he's saying. That's what he said. If we don't know you. And I just thought, wow, the, the, the nerve it, when I read that, every part of my body was like, okay. And I felt like he's speaking the thoughts of a lot of people. Oh, a lot. You a know? lot. It was crazy. So, oh my they God. They won't tell just, you to your face, but they'll get behind the keyboard in the Facebook group and like and talk about it. Yes. And they're the same ones that are saying, we have said all year, what have they said? Amplify Black voices. Here is one being amplified on a huge TV show, but you want to control the volume? Right, right. Okay. And so it's basically, they're saying amplify, amplify Black voices, but not too much. Not too much. And not in an environment we can't control them. Because if I have you, Black person, on my podcast, I can kind of control what I ask you and what you speak to. But when I have this Black woman on a show, she's being her. Now right. you want to control that. So it's mind blowing to see people say amplify black voices, amplify POC voices. But now it's a problem that that now it's a problem that Ebony isn't waiting for your permission to right. have it amplified. Right. Goddamn hypocrites. Right. So, Ebony so I know I'm cussing. Like, I know I'm cussing a lot. Today. No, you, you're fine. You're fine. Because <laughs> let me tell you, I just it it's. I'm not even going to say we're passionate about it. I mean, it's it's us. I'm we're pissed. black. No, I'm pissed. Yeah, I'm pissed. Well, like I said, my fucks, my last fuck walked out the door in the summer of 2020. Yep. No matter I'm what, uh, me and Raven talked, and Raven, I love what something Raven says. Uh, ma mainly Bravo. She said before, and how like you said, how we used to be a get along, and and Raven is black before a white person would make us uncomfortable and we would just not say anything. She said, now, if I'm uncomfortable, you're going to be uncomfortable too. Absolutely. Or like I said, I told, I, I said to you on another podcast, I'm from the let's blow shit up. Yes. Yes. <laughs> One to a thousand right here. <laughs> so we're, we're all getting ready to be uncomfortable here. Zero to a thousand. That's me. And I don't care. You don't Period. like it. If you don't like it, as Wendy Williams says, oh, well, oh, hell. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> so now, guys, if you don't know, this was Ebony's response back to Brian. She said, I read your piece. Dear Brian, I read your piece and I really want to unpack what you offered. I'm so sorry to hear that you were bored by such an acute address and amplification of blackness. And, you know, I can understand why. Contrary to popular belief, I am in no way introducing race for the first time on The Real Housewives of New York. In fact, The Real Housewives of New York has always prominently featured race all seasons, every episode. That race happened to be white. And so my insistence to move the central focus away from whiteness and to have the audacity to center blackness feels boring or uncomfortable and even unwatchable for some. Some Americans certainly are watching for certain elements they have been conditioned to expect from the franchise. They're looking for drunken antics. They're looking for tiki torches. They're looking for grown middle-aged women falling into bushes. As a day one Roni fan, I get it. And while I appreciate that point of enjoyment from the show, you do realize that in those examples, those women are now sober. So whatever I le- so whether I lean into these teachings of Black excellence or not, you're still not going to get those moments. I was like, good point. Brian, truly, Genuine inquiry here. What would you have me do? Because even you acknowledge that I'm doing that. What I'm doing is very important. You mentioned John Oliver's take and agree with him. It may be that you think I'm an ordinary black woman whose blackness is peripheral to her identity. And maybe there's a blanket assumption by all stripes of viewership, black, white or other race male, female, non-binary, and across the identity spectrum, that I am engaging in a kind of disproportionate undertaking, exerting lesson plans and teachings that are unnatural to me because of a projected expectation I believe the network and audience may have of me. I just want to say directly to you, nothing could be further from the truth. I just so happen to be a woman whose Blackness is inextricably linked and beautifully imperative to my identity. That was big for me. I'm saying that's big for me, not Ebony. Then she said, my blackness is my absolute favorite thing about myself. I make no apologies for it, nor will I be shamed around it. So trust and believe that you are seeing a woman experiencing the highest level of joy and frankly, having the time of my life during scenes. I'm having an absolute blast during my Harlem night party and at the Hamptons Halloween beauty pageant where I proudly wear an Afro wig and recite a spoken word to pay homage to the first black woman permitted to participate in the Miss America pageant, Cheryl Brown. Know that for me, while you might find it boring and you may assume it is labor intensive, it is the opposite. It is the absolute joy of my life. And you know, Brian, you make one point that I tend to agree with, which is that perhaps viewers would care more about my insistence of black excellence if they cared more about me. I'd like to point out that throughout the eight episodes of my premiere season, you have gotten to see that I'm grieving the loss of my dying grandmother, Katie. You've gotten to know that I'm starting a journey of a lifetime and trying to discover the identity of my father for the first time in my entire life. And you got to know the fact that I ended a long-term relationship and engagement in the middle of a global pandemic and that I'm still on a quest to find love and family. You've also gotten to know quite a bit about my prolific career as an attorney and journalist. So to suggest that you know nothing else about me might suggest you're simply not paying attention. As for your point of agreement about shared values and your suggestion that I try to connect with Ramona about her faith, her daughter or her business, I hear you and I have a simple response. Frankly, my connection or values, Ramona, frankly, any connection or values Ramona and I might share around business, faith or family are moot and utterly irrelevant if we don't first establish the most basic shared value of shared humanity along the full racial spectrum, 
One must be clearly on board with the full liberation and humanity of black and all other races for me to care enough to move forward. To be clear, this essential and basic shared value is a baseline requirement that is not unique to Ramona, but one that I maintain for any and all of the most basic relationships in my life, including platonic, professional, and romantic. There is such a normalized expectation of people entering spaces, especially high profile traditional spaces like veteran television series to assimilate and code switch to the environment in which they are entering. I do not do that. I haven't done it at any point throughout my life or career, and I'm simply not going to start now. To do so would be the ultimate disservice to the Roni audience. I say that as a fan of the series who knows enough to know that nothing is more obvious than inauthenticity. Therefore, to honor this audience, I show up as my most full, authentic self who insists upon bringing all of who I am to everything I do, including being a real housewife of New York. Brian, I do appreciate your feedback and perspective. I hope you can reciprocally appreciate my insistence on being completely real being that this is indeed a reality show. And I would hate to think I'm too real for the Real Housewives of New York, EKW. And scene. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> I, when I tell you, when she talked about, now where was that? So I know it was on, I saw it on Instagram, but did she, was it posted anywhere else? In Medium, I'll text it to you. Oh, okay. So it got posted like in a, Yep. Yep. Um, nice. Me. Nice. So I'm texting it to nice. you right now, just so you have it. Nice. Okay. Yep. So I don't. What do you think? Well, I, I mean, I know. Like, did that? Did reading it either shift something for you or? Yeah. Actually, it shifted something for me in a good way yes. because it was even deeper than like hearing it. Hearing you read it and like digesting it, it, it was even deeper than I thought it was. Yeah. And this, wait, so you know how his um, was a masterclass in microaggressions? Yes. This, this, uh, ladies, gentlemen, and our non-binary friends yes. was a masterclass in reading, how to read something. She read and didn't use a sarc. To me, I felt like she wasn't being nasty. She was being reading him by being herself, which is what I loved. And basically, uh, if there was a PS to her letter, it was sorry, not sorry. Exactly. That's what it was. When I tell you, when she when she said my insistence to move the central focus away from whiteness and to have the audacity to center blackness, that was the switch for me. For me, how dare I tell her when she should not talk about something that is a part of who we are. Right. Because the white housewives can talk about whatever they want. Whatever they want. And no one says they could talk about Trump if they want to. Yes. They could talk about whoever and no one says anything. And for them to say, oh, Ramona's a lost cause. Okay, you may think that, but. Everyone is directing their direction and their conversation to Ebony. How about, Brian, during your recap, you talking to the ladies who aren't receiving what she's saying? Right. Because there's other ones than Ramona there. Right. Because, you know what, we have the other side of the coin, Sonia, who actually is learning something and being open. Right. Which is still shocking me. 
part of me wonders if it's real less and I was almost waiting for the other shit to drop. I think with, okay, so uh, full disclosure, I've, uh, Ebony's been on Clubhouse a couple of times. Yes, okay. And actually I've had, I have, I was able to talk to her like twice. Okay, okay. But she, even on Clubhouse, speaks very favorably of okay. Sonia. And okay. so they, she and Sonia have, have a like real a legitimate friendship. Okay, I'm glad to hear that. Okay. okay. Or not okay. firsthand, but, but through I her, heard the for, words come out of her mouth. Right. So firsthand, pretty much. Yeah. Because you've heard it. Okay, that's good to know. So it's, 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 it, when I keep seeing people addressing Ebony, I'm like, oh, everyone's addressing Ebony. And not the women about being open to Ebony. Even the right. scene, the episode before last, Leah addressing Ebony to kind of pull back. And I'm like, no, address these women. So I actually have a thought. Okay. But can you read Iris first? And then mm. I will share my thought. Because I sure I, can. I actually was in a clubhouse room yesterday and actually brought this because uh, you okay. know Dr. Monica? Yes. Dr. Monica, because she, uh, her clubhouse room is the psychology of Bravo. Yes. And she did one surrounding Bershawn and Ebony. Okay. And I had a thought that I shared, but let me let okay. me hear Iris thing first and then I'll share my thought. Now, guys, for those of you who don't know, Ira Madison is a black man um, as a podcast. He's in this world, if you will, media world. And so he responded to Ebony responding to Brian. Are you ready, Les? Uh oh. Okay. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Les is an actor, so I have no clue that while I'm reading this, I'm going to see out of the corner of my eye his body literally moving. Okay. okay. Because I feel like you feel all of your emotions too. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I take back what I said before about enjoying Ebony K. Williams on The Real Housewives of New York, because this week might have been the worst episode of the series I've ever had to endure. Ebony invited the women to Harlem in order to educate them about the neighborhood. Ramona self-proclaimed Harlem virgin needed it the most and also about black history. But now I'm starting to wonder if Ebony actually wants to be a real housewife or if she wants to use this as a launching pad to replace Meghan McCain on The View. I'm going with the latter. <laughs> Guys, let's just imploded. We'll be right back. <laughs> yes. Oh, you're going to keep what? shaking. Yes. Megan McCain. Yes. He compared her to please, Megan please, McCain. Please, please continue. We've had seasons of Housewives that feature all black cast. And there has always been a healthy mix of entertainment and a social education value. Granted, adding a black woman to an all white cast was to create some necessary conversations about race and privilege. But this, after all, real, but this, after all, reality television, I think you meant what this is. It's not an Ava DuVernay joint and the teachable moments need to be dialed all the way word. down. I hate that word. I hate teachable moments. I hate it. I hate it. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, and he said they need to be dialed all the way down. Guys, Les okay. is now covering his eyes. And unfortunately, white audiences who might suspect that Ebony is boring them are ill-equipped to call it out, which works in her benefit. But I'm not white, so I'm going to address the open letter she wrote to Vulture recapper Brian Mo Moylan, who, full disclosure, is a friend. 
Also, oh, his- oh, 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 yes. Oh, okay. So then this whole thing is like a moot point. Um, and you're and- you're defending your friend. Yep. Okay. And he says, also okay. his his book, The Housewives, is excellent. So he says, full oh. disclosure. Who full disclosure is a friend, semicolon, also, I mean, not semicolon, the period, but the thing at the bottom. Also, his book, The Housewives, is excellent. So basically, it's a biased opinion. Yes. And then he said, okay, so I, didn't need, I didn't even need to hear anymore. Oh, I think you do, though. I think you do. Oh, Jesus Christ. Right. Okay. <laughs> Remember, this is a black man writing this to this black woman. Okay. And oh, it's God. supposed to be, I don't even think it was thoughtful critique, but. Oh, Ebony opens okay. the uh, Ebony opens the letter with I'm so sorry to hear that you were bored by such an acute address and amplification of blackness. Ebony's dinner party and I use that term very loosely involved assigning a historical black figure to white woman around the table and then talking about that person's history. She might as well have had a textbook open. The entire conceit conceit of this dinner was wild. And yes, it was incredibly boring to watch. Mm. The thing about Real Housewives is that we look forward to when the fourth wall breaks, but we don't want it broken all of the time. And it's very odd for a series to set up Ebony as a new friend and then have scenes where she is presenting Black history facts to the audience as if we're watching Eye on the Prize. I'm imagining a world where I invite white friends over to my home and teach them about Black history. And it sounds absolutely bonkers because why would I waste my time? And also, who wants to learn about any kind of history impromptu at a dinner party? It's easy enough to discuss race and politics in dinner conversation. I do it all the time. But if I arrived at a dinner party and someone was like, you're learning history today, I'd be out. Second, Ebony points out that the women on the show are now sober. So you're not going to get moments like Luann falling into a bush, which is a cop out. One, it's the main reason why the show needs a bigger cast. If half the cast needs to be sober in scenes, you're not providing what the show has already delivered. Second, I don't see how we jump from women not behaving drunkenly on TV to a history lesson at dinner. At some point in the letter, Ebony claims she's having fun as she proudly wears an Afro wig and recites a spoken word to pay homage to the first black woman permitted to participate in the Miss America pageant. Speaking honestly, I'm sure she is having fun doing that, but the type of person who enjoys doing that is boring and shouldn't be on reality TV. And speaking about how Ebony wants to present herself on Roni, she often acts as if the show exists in a bubble where other Bravo shows don't exist. There are plenty of moments like that on Atlanta or Potomac, but they're in the mix of actual entertainment. Because it's and all black cast! Thank Sorry. you. So th- I was just going to say, so there aren't these moments because we don't get to cats. see the white fragility. Black. Exactly. He said, and the women are also on an even playing field. Yeah, they're black, black. Cause everybody's black. I'd be perfectly fine with Ebony pulling one of the stunt, one of those stunts on Atlanta because someone would immediately clown her for being a nerd and a school marm. But without any other women of color on Roni, the other white women are left flummoxed and unable to express how they feel in any given situation, which is fun when Z-Way is doing it because she's a comedian. Less so when Ebony is doing it because nothing about her teachable moments are particularly funny. Ramona Singer is a sinister woman. I said this when I appeared on Watch What Happens Live and I stand by it. She's often monstrous on the show and in real life 
is a conservative nightmare. She absolutely deserves to be confronted with her racism on this show, and we should honestly enjoy it as a viewer. Ebony showing up at Ramona's home and getting her to talk about politics would be an expert housewives move from someone who was self-producing and wanted to give the audience a fun scene and also Ramona comeuppance for years of bad behavior. Instead, Ebony wanted to teach. The intention of the scene was to teach, not to get a rise out of her opponent. And baby housewives is the modern day Roman Coliseum. It is not the Denzel Washington film, The Great Debaters. Um, First of all, and I have a Bravo podcast, Housewives is not that deep. Thank you. And not only that. It's not that. So I'm going to use race, something that affects me just to get a rise and then let it shut down. Okay. Oh, yeah. That kind of is like when they were saying that Bronwyn was sober for the camera. Or lesbian for the camera. For the camera. It's like, okay. And then he says his last paragraph. You might want to keep your glasses off. Ultimately, Ebony is doing what she set out to do on the show, which I don't fault her for. I just fault her for doing it in the absolutely most uninteresting way possible. No part of this week's episode was fun to watch. I watch reality television to be entertained before I watch it to learn something. That's why. Exactly. But guess what? It happens. The best kind of television manages to do both. Ebony's approach is unfortunately rigid and boring, and it also highlights the worst part of most responses to 2020. It reeks of anti-racism reading lists. Instead of allowing more room at the table for non-white women, we're now stuck with one black woman who has decided to be Aunt Viv teaching black history to Will and Carlton, and there's not a single other woman on the cast who can call her out for it. It's perfect for Ebony, honestly, but abysmal for us. Did she address this? No, not yet. Ebony, please address this. When I tell you- I can't. It wasn't even thoughtful critique. It wasn't even thoughtful. There's, it's, it, that's awfully angry. Yes. Why is that yes. so angry? I, I, and that's my thought. Like why, I could see criticizing this. Yes. I could see criticizing her. Yeah. I could. Yeah, but there's Me there's too. a whole other level of anger there, and something yes. else is going on. That's what I said. I said it wasn't a critique of her; it was a little bit of name calling, right? This because this is awfully yeah angry. I when I tell you, I saw I was so disappointed. Has anybody I, I commented on this? Or no, of course they haven't. Hmm. I'm going to leave that there. Okay. Even the ones that call her queen with a K, Ebony, my queen. They want them on their whatever media platforms they have, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, none of them have commented on it. All I have to say about his response is there's some anger that needs to be looked at. That needs to be looked at. Exactly. To suggest to her, I don't think that people are getting what he's saying to her. Hey, when we talk about your blackness, we need to make it more palatable. She doesn't have to because white television and none of these white housewives make it more palatable for black people. We've just been forced to swallow it. Exactly. And then as far as him mentioning Atlanta, that's like comparing apples to oranges. There are no moments on Atlanta like on New York because it's a segregated cast. So they're not, they may not even be having these conversations because then you'd still be calling them teachable. Taria, I have an idea for you. 
no. I'm not the producer of your show or anything, but I just, I just had a, an idea. Okay. So can we revisit his letter with me, you, Noor, Artie? That would be And great. just to throw in a little uh, color, Emerson. That would be, okay. Okay, I will make that I happen. think, because I think that we need to unpack this a little more because there's there's a lot there's a lot and then there's an undercurrent of something of something is up because that just it was just too angry it was even angrier okay and i will say this about brian's uh critique it was Uh a critique but it wasn't angry yeah it wasn't it was just like his normal snarky whatever whatever but this this was angry so, so I mean, I, like I said, I'm not the producer. No, so. no, no. I listen. But listen. can we can we revisit yes, this we can. with me, you, Artie, Noor, and Emerson? Yes, we can. I will make it happen. I will set it up because I think that will be really good. Because this needs to be discussed, like the letter in general, like yeah, the, the underlying tone. of when he said make it a game, I immediately thought about minstrels. Right. Back in slavery days when right. come on, black people and dance for the white folks and make them a laugh. Like what was that? The, the cakewalk. Remember yes. Did you ever the cakewalk? Yes. Where they do the dance. Yep. And, the, you know, you win a prize. Step and fetch it. Yep. Step and fetch it. Yeah. That. Wow. That's a yeah. We definitely need to break this down even more. Because you and I will be here for like two more hours. <laughs> and, and it's so funny because I just, okay, so because of your podcast and listening to Emerson, Emerson Collins on your podcast, I was like, oh my God, I need to talk to him. He's, he's him amazing. On my podcast. Yes. He was on my yep. podcast yesterday. And I like, I like the way that he views stuff. Me too. Me too. So and yeah. How interesting. You never know a person until you talk to them that we right. grew up the same, raised in the right. same type of church. You know what I'm saying? So he knew all about that. Right. So yeah, me, you, Artie, Noor, and Emerson. Let's yes. do it. Let's, we will now take the devil's taint from Facebook to this response. Yeah. This is one up. So is this where Ira posted it on Facebook or did he post no, it? No, on- he wrote it on Hold on, I'm going to email it to you because I think it was, wait a minute, it was on one of those sites where you only get a few free um, viewings of the article, but I'm going to... Oh, me, so um, it was on, so it was on um, clickbait? Let me see. I can tell you exactly where. It was on, oh, iramadison.substack. Oh, that's fine. Let me send that to you right now. Wait, so it wasn't on like a... It was online, but I think it's his his website maybe. But people knew about it for sure. Oh, because right, oh, did someone tell you? Someone told you about it? I happened to be, what was I doing? Did someone send it or some kind of way I found it? And I can't remember if someone, someone, I know people sent it to me after I had found it, but I, I think someone sent it to me for me to find it. So it wasn't like it was buried and hard. But I so, noticed that no one is responding. People know Ira wrote a response. Mm hmm. And no one's saying anything. No, is he like popular? Like yes, or- he's got that podcast called Keep It. Uh huh. I know him from the podcast world, but he reminds me of Brian Moylan, except for like with a podcast, and he goes on other people's podcasts, and apparently he is a writer as well. 
Okay. Okay. So I only know him. Like if I didn't, if I didn't listen to bitch stash, I wouldn't know who he was. Okay. Yeah. So okay. in, in that medium. Yeah. Okay. And no one, no one has said a word. And I just, it, I find it so telling with these IG accounts. I find it mm-hmm. so telling. Mm-hmm. I find it so telling. And it's, it's, have you felt like in this space with all this going on that it's shocking, but it's not because deep down, you no, knew what it's it was not. anyway. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I, no. I just, if you, um, there is a podcast called who asked me mm-hmm. and her name is Giselle. Mm-hmm. So funny. And she does it solo, but she's a black woman and she breaks it down so well. And I say this because how you said you're married to a white gentleman. She's Mm -hmm. married to a white man. And she talked about that this last episode. And she said, Mm -hmm. of course, he's never said anything crazy like some of these women. But sometimes he will have questions. And sometimes. Yes, 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 exactly, 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 exactly. Yes. Oh, my God. I was just talking to someone about this (laughs) because and my husband is not only white, he's, he's British. He's not even American. Okay. So sometimes the questions are even extra, extra. Yes. You know, and it's, he doesn't talk out of the side of his face and it's nothing. It's, it's, it's just stuff that like, sometimes he'll ask and I'm like, oh, wow. He just doesn't know. No. Yes. So let me tell you, I'm going to send you this episode, but I think you'll really like them. There is, I had, um, you know, the podcast know that pod. If you don't, it's really good. And it's three men. Um, LG, uh, three men, LGBTQ, one white, one black, and another one white, and those two were married. So I did a podcast called The Color of Love, basically, and they t- I, I wanted to know in the time of George Floyd and everything. Did they come on your show? Yes, I'm going to send you this episode, yes. and I think you will really like them. But they, um, they both told this story, and when I tell you, it gives you a different level of understanding for Mm -hmm. people in interracial relationships. So Donnie is white, Quinn is black Mm -hmm. and Donnie's family accepts Quinn, you know, with Mm -hmm. black lives matter, they're learning. Donnie was Mm -hmm. like, they're learning so much, you know, his family's in Pennsylvania. They're learning. They're not taught. They're being anti-racist. They're learning to be Mm -hmm. that. And they get there and it was Christmas Mm -hmm. and they're having a good time. And then out comes an ornament. And I think the ornament was it Confederate Mm. One of them might have been Confederate. And Quinn said he was just like, what is that? Mm. Like, and and I'm paraphrasing because I want you to hear the story. It gives me chills, but it's basically like, what is that? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that goes against me. Like these people Mm -hmm. fought to keep people like me and slavery. I think it was a Confederate soldier, I think. Mm -hmm. And Donnie's father was at first like, what do you mean upset? Because it was given to him, I think by his grandmother or either grandmother or mother that he was extremely close to, but they had passed on. So mm-hmm. Quinn was just like, you don't understand. And then basically the father is like, you don't understand. And what I, Donnie said at, at like, basically in that moment, he supported his husband mm-hmm. because oh, good for him. He, didn't, good yes, for him. he didn't know, he didn't know what it would feel like to be like mm-hmm. that, but he supported his husband and mm-hmm. it ended with, Donnie's father listening and mm-hmm. understanding and they took the ornament down. It was such a good story. I, so I'm going to send you that episode. Yes. Uh, they're, they're like amazing, but it's just to, I'm sure that you appreciate your spouse listening to you. Uh, what I can't stand is when people want to 
argue your experience. Yeah. One thing if you want to learn, but don't argue, argue my experience. It. Yeah, you know. Or don't try to undercut it or don't try yep. to don't and if you say devil's advocate, I'm gonna punch you. Oh in the face. my gosh. It's or there's two sides. sides it's like to every no. story. Um, when all of this happened with George Floyd, what was your husband's reaction to you? Oh, he was disgusted. Okay. Because he you said, disgusted. just like a lot of us black people are still learning. So now we're learning alongside people who don't look like us. So what does that right. look like? You know? Right. Okay. Right. Uh, people tried that two sides of every story crap with Meghan Markle, who I believe 100%. Me too. Me too. And even them saying, well, she's like, she got by on her light skin privilege. Hear me clear. Yes, she may have. I don't want any black person experiencing racism, discrimination. I was telling someone if Sutton did to Monique and people knew that I wasn't a Monique fan on Potomac, but if Sutton did to Monique, what she did to Crystal, all bets are off and I would be the same way. She is a fellow black woman, uh-huh. a fellow woman of color. So I just uh-huh. thought the way people are going hard at Ramona uh-huh. and calling her white, you know, saying she has white fragility are the same people that are defending Sutton against a woman of color, Crystal. Oh, and I just remembered. Okay, so this was my, remember I said I have thought? Yes, yes, you had a thought, you had a thought, yes. So yes. this is my thought. And I had this little epiphany when I was on Dr. Monica's um, clubhouse group. Okay. Um, the psychology of Bravo. Bravo. On, okay. on every, every Thursday. So... Yeah. So obviously these editors and these people are storytellers. Yes. So what is the what is the through line of this whole thing? Like they're setting up the story, they're having okay. the story. So in the final episode, are they setting it up to for like Ramona to mm. realize her her errant ways and realize, okay. oh, I like like people after all or <laughs> or are or are the women gonna end this season saying oh we feel educated now yeah. there's got to be some kind of payoff so part of this is they're editing the story beginning middle and an end okay so what is the end gonna be obviously they're setting it up so that in the end Someone's going to have some kind of come to Jesus. Yes. Yes. Moment. And then they'll reconcile it all in the reunion. And someone will say, oh, you know, and I'm not counting Sonia in this because yes. the way that it's set up, Sonia is already saying. Yes. So it's okay. either going to be Ramona or it's going to be Luann. Luann. Yep. But one of them is going to say, oh, my gosh, you know, I, yep. I am reformed. I guarantee you that <laughs> you're right. You're and that's right. That's why they're setting up the story this way. Yeah, you're right. I'm I'm reformed. Almost white savior-ish complex, just like Ramona saying, after all of that with Ebony and not wanting to talk about that, she then thought Ebony should want to talk about, hey, hey, Ebony, I got up five o'clock in the morning to learn about microaggressions, which clearly that was for the cameras because. Right. Now, here we are in Salem and you tell Ebony, I want your life. You seem to have a good life. If you learned from those microaggressions and what black people went through, you would know that statement couldn't possibly be true. 
I did you see, I posted yesterday that I wonder just how far production go gets into telling a story because we know we tell this story, well, right? There's some kind of narrative going on that yeah. they're I trust me, they're setting it up so that someone can be reading. Well, so they're having this race talk all this through the season, and then they go to Salem and stay at the Nathan, the Hawthorne Hotel, where mm-hmm. Salem had one of the first slave ships come in. They took mm-hmm. Native Americans to the Bahamas and brought back Africans, built the economy off the backs of African slaves. And then Nathaniel Hawthorne was a pro, 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 pro slavery person, even wrote about how white people who worked had it worse than slaves. Mm-hmm. Like what? So that is the backdrop now to this conversation. So my thought was, was that done on purpose? Because I'm, I'm like, it's so like, oh, they're not even smart enough to do that. D- okay. Cause You're I'm giving like, them too much credit. Okay. <laughs> because I'm like, what a beautifully, not beautiful, but beautiful backdrop. What a poetic backdrop to this entire season. Oh, they're not that. They're not that. <laughs> but but yeah. how ironic, though, for them to be going to Salem mm-hmm. that had slave ships come out of it. And mm-hmm. Ebony saying it, it, it got me when she said it's my existential right to exist as a free, liberated person in this country as she's mm-hmm. sitting in Salem mm-hmm. where that wasn't to be. Right. Before. No, they're not. They're not right. They're not. that. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this is why I love Les so much. <laughs> I cannot, can I just say, so I know I cannot wait to come to LA. We're going oh to God. brunch. Are you coming soon? Hopefully in August to bring my <gasps> son. So we are hanging out. And Kate, we should get Kate. Yes, too. Kate too. Yes. Oh, we will have a ball. It'll be so much fun. Cause you know, like I'm friendly with Kate. I've been talking to Kate for years. Kate is friends with one of my oldest friends in the world. And I've never met her in person. Are you serious? I've never met. Yeah, her. Yeah, she is. She she's I, I give her a lot of credit. I always tell her that she does to me what I do to other people. Oh, I, here's an opportunity. You need to do this. You need to do that. And she's on you. And she's she'll do that to me. When I see her number, I'm like, she's getting ready to push me out of my comfort zone. What now? Right. You know, <laughs> right. But but she's she's me, you and her should do uh, an episode. Yes. That would be good, too. You know, or have her jump on our. Yes. Yeah. Our our forum. Yeah. <laughs> Kate, Kate, I like her mind. Like, do you know that we have the exact same birthday, the exact same year? Yes. I heard yes. OK. So sometimes I can picture her mind like I can picture her looking off and in her mind, there's a whole bunch of little people typing information because that's mm-hmm. what goes on in my mind. Like, like you know, and then she right. puts it all together. But yeah, she, she, she definitely is. I appreciate about Kate. She'll call me and say, Hey, and we'll talk about these issues like real, mm-hmm. real, real time. And I'm, or not real time, but like real issues. Um, Amanda from it's all happening at Oh No Bravo from mm-hmm. the Oh No Bravo account. They are white and they're friends of mine. And when I tell you, we've had some of the most deep conversations mm-hmm. and we still appreciate the housewives. And so for people who don't want that in their housewives, I imagine, 
I wouldn't know them as well as I know them without some of these conversations that we've been having surrounding this, you know? And you know what? And how do I put this? I wonder sometimes, because I like, I love podcasting. I do this. It's great. But like at the end of the day, it's not my end game. So I don't, how do I put it? I don't want to say I don't like these people like Ira and whoever, whoever, Mm -hmm. whoever. I think of them differently just because. Yeah. You know, this is kind of like a a cog in my wheel. Like I've got other stuff going on. Going on. Yes. (laughs) But I will say for you, every cog is there for a reason. So if podcasting wasn't in your cog, we would never have met. We would never, I think about the last time you were on the podcast and how many people reached out to me. So even though it's not your end game, your cog connected you and I. And and that being said, I love doing it. Mm -hmm. I I love doing it. I will continue to do it. Oh, you will. Yes. It's something, (laughs) it's something that I never, you know, I never even, that was like, not even on my radar as far as something to do. And I enjoy doing it. I enjoy interviewing people and talking to people. But I think what I mean is that like people like that dude, Ira, and other people like that, I, they're not important to me because like, I'm not wrapped. Like, it's not. Like no, I know what you mean. Them, yes. You know? Because when you said who is Ira, it was like, oh, OK, OK. Th- like, it lets me know, like, oh, OK, got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Because so he's, some, I, I he's some big deal. Right. I guess. I mean, they say he is some people. Yeah. You know, honestly, 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 transparency. I didn't know who Brian Moylan was until I heard about the book. Got you. Okay. Well, I didn't and know then, who he was until I heard him on Bitch Sesh for the first time a couple years ago. Right. So and so yeah. so like and like Bravo wise, it's kind of funny because I listen to you. I listen to Kate. Yes. I listen to uh, the Crappens guys. Yes. Ben, yes. ben and Ronnie. You should have them on. I well, actually, it's funny that you should mention that. I want to hit them up to come on because. This whole podcast is because of a Crappens Facebook group. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, you. Sh- oh my God, they would love that. Okay, we're manifesting this, and you're yes. reaching out to them before the end of the weekend. Look at me giving yes. you a deadline. Okay, who do no, I sound? Do who do I sound like, Kate? You need to reach right. out to them before the end of the weekend. Like, and, and like I've sent them like little notes before, and they're all they've always answered back. Yeah, they've always been nice. You know. Yeah, they are. But have you ever met them? I've never really met good. them, but I talked to Ronnie in one of our yeah. first State of the Unions. Oh, nice. Well, one of my first. They had been doing it for a while. I love hearing them on other podcasts because I get more of them. You right. know what I mean? So I love right. hearing them on other podcasts. So I will do that. I will reach out to them. Okay. Um, and then like, and then it's kind of funny, too, because, you know, I, I kind of got hooked up more in the Bravo world through clubhouse yeah and so like Dave, you know dave yes dave is great yeah and like you know dave i consider dave a friend now Mm -hmm. but it's kind of funny i so i'm thinking maybe since i kind of came in through the back door okay uh, i don't know if that's wait i don't know if that's (laughs) 
my gosh. Is this episode going to be called Backdoor or Nah? Right. <laughs> but I look at all of these people differently. Yeah. Yes. You know? I, I, okay. What you're saying makes total sense. So for someone like me, like I listen to 37 podcasts probably easily. So maybe not 37, but maybe like 15. So I know a lot of these names that other people who aren't immersed in it, they wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. So I get what you're saying. I understand. Now, just like in the clubhouse world, I've heard Stephanie mention a name that other clubhouse people will know. Like I'm a clubhouse person, but I mean, you guys are like professionals. Like you should be getting, you should get paid to run rooms. I feel like I should. Like, I really do. <laughs> like, no, seriously, I really do. So because, because it takes a certain people feel like they can just open a clubhouse room and facilitate. Everyone is not a facilitator. It's not as easy as you think. Yes. Just like you have, if you have a choir, they sing together, but then you have your leads, you have your section leaders. So everyone, while they may can, while they may have the best contribution to a conversation, it doesn't mean that they can run a room. You might have mm-hmm. all the knowledge in the world about being a podcaster, but you mm-hmm. may not be a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, you may not know how to disseminate the information in a way that people will understand. So Mm -hmm. I think it takes a certain finesse. So, yeah, you need to be paid. Do you hear me, Clubhouse? And it is kind of and it's funny because now that you mentioned that, like there is a whole different Clubhouse world. Yes. Uh, uh, Yes. Okay. so a friend. Listen to this. Listen to this list. So a friend of mine called me and was like, I got to tell you about this Clubhouse room. He happened to go in. Uh It was men upset with women saying your vibrator is the reason why you're not satisfied with us, not because of the men's performance. And he was like, what is this? And the men were like, yeah, we know what you're doing in the bathroom after we have sex. And the women were like, it's not the vibrator making me less sensitive to you. It's you not being able to finish the job. That was the clubhouse room. Guys, Les is clapping if you can't hear it. <laughs> I'm like, yes. damn, damn. Well, how, do you, how do you come back? How do you come back? <laughs> but to have a clubhouse room to say, women, you're less, you're less sensitive to us because of your vibrators. Damn. Seriously. So there is a whole other world in clubhouse, like you said. <laughs> damn. Damn. That's like, do you pick your mouth off of the floor? After right. You? I would have been mouth breathing, like, <sighs> right? That hurt, that hurts your feeling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they shouldn't have started the room. How dare you start a room telling women why we're more, why we're not sensitive to you when it's maybe because you're not, maybe you're finishing your work a little too soon. Oh, I tell you, there are sometimes clubhouse rooms. I will just go and just sit in there because it's just so outrageous. I just go and sit and listen. Maybe I'll do that. Oh my God. I ended up last one Friday night. I was like, let me just see what clubhouse rooms are going. There was a room with like, oh my God. I wonder if I still have the picture. I know this is a big range, but it was either like 700 or like a thousand people. Probably, probably. And you see MC Hammer. Terry Crews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Tiffany Haddish has a regular room. Yes, I see her room come up. Yeah, I see her room come up. Black China. 
Yes. Black I China had a room where she was talking about business and marketing. And I'm like, I you was not never, mad at that. Yeah, you and you would never have seen heard that side of her or 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 seen that side of her, you know? Because when you think about it, Black China is one of the best marketers out there. Let me tell you. Somebody, oh my God, now you're going to make me go back through my text message. There was somebody that I talked to that said they were looking for a Black China room on Clubhouse. And I've got to remember so I can tell them she has one. Or yeah, they she does. Know. She does. Wow, that is amazing. Some of the rooms, I, you talking about Clubhouse, it dawned on me. I haven't gotten any notifications lately, but probably when I go to screen record, I turn every notification off. And mm-hmm. there are certain ones that I forget to turn back on. Oh, for days at a time. And I'm like, because we had a clubhouse room today. You did? Yeah, it, like this days morning. Of, well, what, once we're done, I'm like, I'll go to turn it on, then all of a sudden you'll hear them all come through. And then but they're okay. having another one tonight later. at six. Yeah. State the of State the of the Union. Union. Yeah. I need to, I want to, um, haven't talked to Dave in a while, especially since he's been back to writing. Right. You know, right. So, and I really like him. I me really too. like him. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. And 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 he's interesting and complex. He's my birthday twin, you know. He's your birthday twin? Mm-hmm. April 26th. So you guys are Taurus. You're on, you're like a day, de- like a little bit short of what I am in Aries, because I'm April mm-hmm. 4th, because my uncle's birthday is April 26th. Yeah, he's my yeah, Dave's my birthday twin. Okay. I can see that. Now that you're saying that, I'm like thinking of both of you. Yeah, I like I like Dave. He's like so many wonderful humans that I've met in this space. Beautiful, complex thinking, critical thinking. You know what I mean? It's just he's he's the nicer side of the. <laughs> <laughs> you want like to want to blow it up, and Dave is like, he's, no, wait a minute, Les. Right. You know, wait a minute, Les. He, he's he's Samantha. I'm Serena. Yes. yes. <laughs> I love that. Look, you're like, let's blow it up. And Dave is like, can we start out taking it apart brick by brick in case we decide we don't want to blow it up? And you're like, no, if it will blow it up and build it from the ground up if we have to. <laughs> I'm, te- I'm texting Dave right now. Tell, okay. Oh, my God. Tell him that. I'm going to say because I, I, I need to text it while it's on my mind. because I'm getting a little older, so I'm forgetting stuff. <laughs> so here we go. So Dave. I hilarious. Here we go. Dave, I am doing <laughs> Taria's. Guys, he is getting older. He's saying every word out loud, which is what I find myself doing. <laughs> podcast, and I have my glasses on. <laughs> and when and we were discussing. Oh my God, Samantha and Serena. I will for <laughs> here here on out and forevermore look at you and him like. Samantha and Serena. Me and Kate need names too. I'm gonna find names for us. Right. That you and I are birthday twins. Oh my and, eight, and we're all born in the same month. Right. And you're an Aries, right? I could tell. Yep. Okay. Go on. <laughs> I know I could just tell. I could tell. Look, you you can tell because Aries, no, we don't we don't necessarily have to dominate, but we wanna be. I mean, if it is our time to be in the spotlight, we take advantage of that. So I'm telling you, you're like, you're an Aries. And I'm like, go on just so you can talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> that is an Aries. But hey, we we don't look for the spotlight. We just light up the spot. That's how it is. 
I, and, I, and I'm pretty because I put Samantha and I'm Samantha. I'm like, you were the nice one. <laughs> you were the nice one. Oh, my God. When I, I'm going to text. You know what? Ah, he texted right back. He's like, oh, my God, I love it. I'm going to text him. Hi, Sam. <laughs> when we're done, I'm going to say hi, Sam. He's like, oh, my God, I love it. He's going to watch him say, watch him announce you like that in Clubhouse when he comes in like. And then we have Serena. I mean, Les from the Reality Rainbow right. podcast. Oh, my God. Les, once again, this is so fun. I'm going to set up set up our panel for yes. the people because that'll be fun. The panel for the people. That's what we call it. Because I, I seriously want to dissect that letter. And one of, the, one of the reasons why I didn't dive more into it is because there's a lot there. Yeah. We're talking about, we were talking about nuanced. That, that was, was a nuanced response. Yes, that was way more angry than it needed to be. That's I'm glad I I and I meant in my mind to text it to you, and I'm glad I didn't. And I'm glad I got your original support because guys, me and Les talk. It's so funny. Uh, my friend again from It's All Happening, Amanda, sent him uh, posted something like basically how many of you in like the span of five hours, the same person, you'll text them, you'll DM them you'll leave a voice note and that's me and you we'll go from texting to dms right. then i'll send you a voice note right <laughs> we, we like go back and forth so <laughs> and i love you, that the voicemail continues where the text left off yes so you're like as i was saying <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is so me how dare you read me on my podcast that is so uh. me when you sent that message you were like we need to podcast to discuss i immediately was like yes, yes. Yes. And I was like, buckle up. Yeah. I got stuff to say. I'm telling you, people like to hear the stuff that you have to say. Thank you. It's just because, like I said, it's just like, you know, after last summer, I I promised myself I'm not going to sit on this stuff anymore. I'm not yep. letting people I'm not letting people get away with this stuff anymore. Yep. It's like, you know, I'm not being quiet. I'm not. I'm yes. not being I'm not being the model minority anymore. Didn't get me anywhere. 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 It got me nowhere. Because they still don't think of us as the model minority. So. Right. And, I, you know, I didn't realize until after last summer how people will come out of their faces on these Facebook groups. Oh, my. Les, there was a couple of times I almost said drop your location. And that's not even. You're, you're where? Are you right. in the tri-state, tri-state DMV area? I'm like, it got to that point. I was like, and to see the unfiltered, unadulterated bigotry yes. and prejudice was disgusting. Yes. Like, and still seeing it. And we'll not think twice about it. Yeah. And then like the code, and like I said, the code words are, she's demeaning, she's condescending. She thinks she's better than they are. She's a snob. Right. There's just what? something about her. Yes, there's something about her. We know what the something is. Like because she's black or she's Asian? But are she, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, and has the audacity to not let you browbeat her into an apology or backing down. Right. Okay, we got it. Because my favorite part of last week's Beverly Hills was when Sutton, who I don't, dis, I don't dislike Sutton, mm -hmm. but when Sutton was flipping out and Crystal just had that look like, yep, yeah, and, and what? 
Do you know I saw someone comment that Crystal was gaslighting Sutton by not saying anything? Are you insane? Right. And here's the deal about Sutton. And this is why, and this is the reason why I like Sutton. Or, or put it this way, this is the reason I don't dislike. Okay. She and Garcelle have a genuine friendship. And you can tell that they are genuinely friends. And I know that, like, Garcelle wouldn't stand for racist crap from Sutton towards her. So there's got to be something there. Yes, Les, it's something, meaning they were both basically on the outskirts of everything last season. That, true, but I mean, even though, but I mean, like- But after, they have like, developed they had, a friendship, yeah. Like, yeah, right. like in yeah. real life, they yeah. hang. Like they're not just showing, true. they're like, right. That's true. So- there's got to be something, something yeah. Because I, because I look at look at Garcelle's friends. Like she has yeah. fabulous friends, and she has black fabulous friends. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what? So what I mean by that is, if Sutton were to pull racist nonsense around her, I don't think that Garcelle would stand for it. Mm-hmm. Is that? So, yeah, that makes sense. So that's why this one, I'm kind of. This one's a complicated one. One for you. Okay. Okay. Well, no, I think, no, I think there's. Oh, you mean in general? Well, it's, it's complicated because I don't think Sutton is like a racist, like I hate Asians. I don't think she's that type. I think it's more of she's the, I don't see color type. And now that she's called on that. Yes. She's, she's more of. I think that there's a difference between overt racism and being a fragile white. Yes, 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 yes. And I agree. I agree with that. I agree. I don't think Sutton is an overt racist, but I do think she's a fragile white. Yeah, I don't think she's racist because I said there's things that are under the umbrella of racism, but that doesn't make the person racist. So that's why I think with her and Garcelle. They have a genuine friendship. Friendship. Okay. Makes sense. And I think part of that is with a lot of fragile white people, they don't, here's the word again, nuances. They (laughs) don't understand the nuances of microaggressions and racism. Right. And how deeply that could affect someone. So in her mind, like in Sutton's mind, she's not having microaggressions. Right. She doesn't know. Right, 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 right. I agree. But the way that she's acting, she's acting like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is the undisputable fact. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's good. And on that note, I definitely have to leave that as last because <laughs> you spoke in my heart. <laughs> and Sharia, you need you need to come back on my podcast. Whenever. Tomorrow. Whenever. Oh, I'm, um, I'm putting it on record. Tap, tap, tap. Is this thing on? I've been waiting. <laughs> the funny thing is, is I had to like dial back the interviews because I realized I'm like, you know, I haven't talked about books in a while. I, I was going to say, books. I, I was going to say, it's funny because I love the interviews, but you're right. It's funny. It's like, come for the books, but then we stay for the amazing interviews. Because my last book was two podcasts ago. I had Samaj. On Samaj on. Samaj. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we talked about Shep's book. Yes. I'm like, I'm, I'm like. I need to start talking about books. Books again. <laughs> <laughs> or you could also even try maybe if you do it for an hour, 30 minutes of one. And maybe that's what I'm good. And I think that's what I'm going to do from now on 
is put a snippet in at least a, a chapter. Snippet. Right, right. So it, you know, I'm talking about a book. Right. Because <laughs> I was like, damn, I'm like, I haven't talked about a book in a but, while. Right. You're like, wait, this that was the whole point of what I'm doing. Here. Right, right, right. right. Well, for those of you that don't know, even I'm sure you guys do, but if not, let's tell the people where to find you, the podcast and the Facebook group. So you can find uh, the podcast anywhere you get podcasts. It's called The Reality Reading Rainbow. And like I said, I talk about books or I try to talk about books by reality stars. I also do interviews. And I think that's part of the issue is I just realize how much I enjoy doing the interviews. And so that's why I've been you're good at them. Thank you. And then um, you can, and I, we also have a Facebook group, the Reality Reading Rainbow. Um, and yeah, I, oh, by the way, so I am currently in a show. If you're in the Los Angeles area, I am in a show called Clue Live. And it's, it's the that. live version of the game Clue. Um, it's being produced by Hasbro, the game company. And what they did is they've turned it into an immersive show. This was conceived back when we weren't sure whether or not we were going to be able to go into theaters or not. Okay. So, okay. so it's an outdoor show and it's a walking tour. That is and you amazing. Walk, you walk through the different parts of the mansion and try to figure out who done it. It's a who done it. And I am Professor Plum. So if you oh want to find gosh. out more information on that, you can go online, Clue Live, and it'll tell you what you need to do. That and is amazing, Les. I'm loving it. It's running for four weeks in LA and Century City, and then it's going to be running for four weeks in Topanga Canyon. Wow. Congratulations again on that. Thank yes, guys, you. as I said, Les is an actual actor, okay? Thank you. An or, actor. As, or as Emerson put it, an actor, because Emerson's like, I mean, I am an actress too. Yeah, <laughs> yes, we love Emerson. I'm an actress. Oh my god, we love Emerson. And I, guys, check out Bravo's Clubhouse State of the Union on Fridays at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Which clubhouse do you run, Les? So I run the Bravo Detective Agency, yes. where we get dirt on your favorite Bravo celebrities. And I'm, I, and I'm going to have a braggadocious moment for a se- for a second. So there have been not one, not two, but three different things that we reported in the Bravo Detective Agency months ago that have ended up in the tabloids recently. Okay. So, and what days are what day is that on? That is on Wednesdays, and we're gonna have like a revolving time for a while because of the show. Because it yes. used to be Wednesdays at five o'clock, which is now my call time. <laughs> my so, show. and that's five o'clock. Um, Pacific. Pacific. So it would be eight o'clock Eastern, but you said now that's your call time. Okay. But it's good. So it's going to be Wednesdays, but we might be shifting times for okay. a little while. But just look under Club Bravo because it's okay. part of Club Bravo and they'll give you the times. And I am also starting this week coming up. I'm going to be the co host of the Potomac Recap Room. So, yes. I, along with Tommy. Uh, we'll be doing the recap of every Potomac, Real Housewives of Potomac. That is nice. Okay. And that's going to be right after the show, right? Right on Sunday night. So it'll either be Sundays or Mondays. Okay. So we're still, we're still ironing that one. As a matter of fact, I've got to like talk to her later on today so we can iron that. Okay. 
So guys, you know where to find Les on Clubhouse. Follow him on, on Clubhouse Instagram. I will have all of that in the description of the podcast. Guys, I know you love Les. If I haven't said it enough, I love Les. And we I will- love you too. Thank you. Thank you. Let me tell you, 2020, I'm going to say it on record. 2020 brought a lot of things to a lot of different people. And I will say, out of all of the, you know, the sadness and the uncertainty and sometimes the fear, it brought me to this space where I have met some of the most incredible people that have become friends and you are one of them. So I will say there was a silver lining for me in 2020. I agree. I agree. And guys, me, my silver lining, and Les are out of here. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.